Hey everyone, welcome to The Starting Designer, a podcast focused on providing tips, tricks, and advice on getting through your first year of owning your own design business. Before we get started with our design industry guest, I wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics. Now, listen, relax, get some daily motivation, and enjoy. Hey podcast listeners, today's guest is Jessica Deuce. Jessica is the owner and founder of J Deuce Designs. She is also the founder of VacationRentalDesigners.com and the Savvy Giving by Designs Denver Charter, based in Denver, Colorado. Jessica and I met last year at High Point Market, and I'm always looking for her for advice when it comes to my fabric business. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi, Jessica. How are you today? Hello. I'm great. How, uh, How are you? Great. How's the, the weather in, you in Denver? It's actually beautiful today. Not. It's been snowing there, right? It's been pretty, yeah. pretty great. Yeah. We're, June, we're June, June, July, the day. Yeah, June, July snow. That's that's not. Well, yeah, still skiing. Cool. Yeah. So Jessica, talk me through uh, J Deuce Designs. Uh, I I know we've been you know talking about fabric and textiles for a while, but I, I really don't know the story uh, behind behind starting J Deuce Designs. Oh, okay. Um, well, I started Jaded Design several years ago, and my mother was an interior designer, so I think it was kind of in my DNA. I tried to fight it, tried to be an archaeologist, believe it or not. Really? But I like design better. Um, so I started it kind of on the side, and I hear a lot of people with this story. I didn't actually get a design degree but I was always working on projects on the side. And I actually um, had a bank ask me to help them redo some offices and on the side and it kind of grew from there. And then all of a sudden you realize one day you have a business. And I was able to run my, my little side gig design while being a full-time mom of three. Wow, you're full full time on three. So how how old are how old are your kids now? If you don't mind me asking, do they do so they help you in back, the Yeah, no, yeah, they know <laughs> how to carry stuff. That's <laughs> that's it. But my kids are older now. I have a 25 year old, a 22 year old, and an 18 year old. But yeah. in the beginning stages of Jadis Design, it was perfect because you know I could be a mom and then make appointments around my schedule with the kids. So that's what I love about being self-employed and being so, creative with design work. So yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. So so walk me through that first that first project, that kind of that first year first year of business. I'm sure I'm sure you had all kinds of butterflies and, and everything going on. So so you were just asked by a bank to. I mean that's that's a commercial design project. That's that's absolutely amazing. Can you talk me through the uh, the start of that project? Well, the first. The first kind of projects really, and I'm sure a lot of designers listening can relate to this when you're self-made is, you know, it starts with a friend. They see what you're doing in your own home and they ask you for help. And I had worked on projects with my mother and gotten some experience with uh, commercial and residential design. And so I'm starting to help more people with their homes and staging and, um, I met somebody that also worked at a bank and she needed help with her office. And so it kind of came from there and she asked me if I would help her with her office. 
and then her branch manager saw what I did and it just went from there and I ended up doing all the executive offices in that branch and they just paid me on the side or you know paid me through the bank and so I was doing that and and starting to help more and more people and getting to the point where I'm like, wow, I really have to figure out my schedule here. This is challenging. And, and suddenly you realize you have a business. That, that, that's a, that's an absolutely amazing story. I mean, it's like side hustle turns, uh, turns, uh, I mean, that, that, that's absolutely amazing. Like it just, did that happen overnight or, I mean, it was just, is, is it still, are you still in a uh, commercial, commercial design or, um, are you, I, I are did, you, I, oh, sorry. Um, no yes, I'm still doing both. Commercial isn't my most favorite and I don't want to make light of it. Like because I started doing commercial work, I, I have had to educate myself and train myself and learn codes and the responsibilities of commercial design. So it's not, it's not that I just said, oh, I think I'll, do a dentist office, which we're working on our fourth dental office right now. Um, I mean, there is some responsibility there, but I would say over the course of a year, that's when I realized, okay, this is this is legit. I need to run with this. And this is 15 years ago. So at least, yeah, 15 years ago. So I've been, you know, in this design world for a while and before that I was with my mother helping her I feel like no. I kind I kind of had a a different path or maybe an easier path because my mom had shown me some things but that I mean I, I would I wouldn't say that I mean I I feel like I could make the same conclusion with you know my, my dad being in the business but what's really cool about I think furniture and interior design and, and textiles is 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 the ability that um to have to have family uh, it's, it's a very it's a big business but there's also a lot of uh, a lot of family ties uh, and there's there's a lot to learn and, and it's kind of passed down through generations i think that's like a really really cool thing about this business so uh yeah you, i like the way you said that oh yeah yeah no i always like i don't know uh it's a, it's a hard business you know you, it's, you don't just mm -hmm. like come into it and uh and you're not given anything. It's, it's, it, uh, you have to work for it to have, even if your, your family opens the door. So oh, yeah. you are the founder of vacation rental designers.com. So talk me through that. I, I'm not really familiar. I, I use Airbnb and VRBO, um, actually quite frankly when I travel. Um, but I, I never would have, I mean, duh, dumb me. I, I never would have thought, uh, that, of course, an interior designer probably designs those spaces. So, so talk talk me through that. And okay, um, it is a completely different animal um, from interior design, like residential design. Mm -hmm. And my partner Cassie, she likens it to when staging started becoming hot with in the design market and with realtors. And, you know, people at first were like, why would I need a stager? And then they suddenly realized the power behind staging to maximize your property selling. It's kind of like that because what we have found is that we have to look at these vacation rental properties completely different. We have to look at the wear and tear and the performance. And I, I mean, I have to say, we put Revolution Performance Fabric in every vacation rental we do. 
because that makes sense. We need performance for these turnovers. We have to look at weight. Um, we have to look at how we're going to get it there. A lot of these properties are remote. And um, the shipping time, um, how many are going to be in stock, because we typically have um, two items for everything we order. It, I mean, there's a lot to it. And we kind of stumbled into vacation rental design. I don't know if you, if that's what you meant, but we yeah, were no, hired. No. Well, we were hired by um, a client who had bought a vacation rental, and it sleeps 24, and it's a large home, and um, they really just wanted a flooring selection, and we ended up saying it's not the floor that you should spend the money on; it's your furnishings, because vacation rentals are typically sold fully furnished, and these these items were tired looking and it just did not help the beauty of this property. And the, the way of thinking has been that everything you hate, everything from grandma's basement, everything that you're tired of in your own home, that's what you put in your vacation rental because people will abuse it. You don't have to think about it, but the market has gone from a almost billion dollar industry to a $3.5 billion industry in just a few years. It's just booming. And the savvy consumers, they want that Pinterest look and the homeowner or the property owner, they want profitability and they have a ton of demand and, and they also have a ton of competition. So we explained kind of winging it at the beginning that our role is to give you your Pinterest look as best we can at your budget for longevity and profitability. No, that, yeah, that, that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, our, on our last podcast, I got to interview uh, Kathy Daughter and she kind of talked to me about contract and hospitality. And I think we were having a conversation at last market and you were saying some of these bigger VRBO, um, you know, Airbnb uh, owners, they're starting to be a lot of kind of, uh, the information exchange kind of between the two industries um, are starting to cross over. Like there's um, you were talking to me about, you know, some, some houses, especially if they're along the coast, they have to have uh, kind of eco-friendly type. Uh, there's all these eco-friendly type certifications that are starting to kind of creep into its business. And so um, I think it's very cool that like you're, you're taking this new school approach on this from what I can understand, because, of this, this whole, you know, category of interior design that, um, maybe wasn't really around before the, uh, the internet kind of e-commerce, uh, rent my room out in my house, rent my, you know, beach house out, um, kind of mentality. Um, yeah. could you, could you expand a little bit on that in terms of, um, do you, do you find that there is a crossover between the vacation rental uh, design market and, and kind of the contract or hospitality or, or in terms of those certifications you kind of talked about with the bank uh, earlier on in the podcast? Sure, absolutely. Um, I can see such a difference even in just the last couple of years. So I've been doing vacation rental design um, for the last two years. Mm -hmm. And I after I got my first project, which, it, you know, it wasn't a little project. It was I think it's about, it's just under 10,000 square feet, the full project, the very first one. So I had, I kind of had to do a fast learning curve. And I went to BDNY, which is a huge hospitality conference in New York. And I was talking to all the vendors 
and they were like, what's a VRBO? You know, oh, we only sell in quantities of a thousand or 500 or, you know, oh, that's really cute that you want this, but no, because you're a small unit, you know, a small firm. And so that was my first, so I had to find things in different ways for what we wanted to do. And now when you go to BDNY and other hospitality and property management um, events, they are like, okay, do you only need a quantity of five or one or what can we do for you? They got it. In that short span of time, they they found this $3 billion industry. And we're actually seeing, to your point about the eco-friendly, like a lot of these properties are destination properties, which means they're typically on septic or they have different environmental requirements in their area. And so we're finding that eco-friendly products, um, local vendors, they're coming to us and saying, hey, we have this for your needs. It's, it has changed so much in the last year. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely amazing. And I, I'm sure you can talk more and, and more about it. And it sounds like it's a, a really a, a growth market and, and changing, changing daily. Um, so is. you're also you, you run the Savvy Giving uh, Denver Charter. Can you can you for the listener who may or may not know about Savvy Giving by Design? Can, can you get kind of touch base on on what this nonprofit does and what? And, what uh, what shall do? Sure. Well, Susan Winterstein in California created this nonprofit, and it really came out of her helping someone she knew whose child was um, injured and paralyzed, and they redid his space because you know what his requirements were in a wheelchair are completely different than what they had before, and she created what is now what we call a room to heal. And from that, and it takes in all the, you know, needs that he had and she made it beautiful and she's an amazing designer and I'm lucky to have her as a mentor. Well, from that, it has grown to, she, um, she's done a lot of rooms in California and we try to help children in a medical crisis. And um, we use our professional design services to create a space for them that they can heal in and feel comfortable in and it's theirs. Because what people don't know is, or typically that when a child is going through a traumatic medical situation, they actually spend most of their time in their room, not the hospital. And so she discovered that and that's how it has grown into this. And there are chapters all over the country now. What she is doing is amazing. And we just feel so lucky that we're the only chapter in Colorado and we're here in Denver. We work with vendors and we uh, ask for donated product. Revolution donates all of our fabric. Thank you very much. And um, we have some other sponsors like Lamps Plus and Stickwood. Um, and we create these, these rooms for them. I'm just so proud to be a part of it. So are you currently working on any projects uh, right now in and around Denver for Savvy Giving? We are actually getting ready to reveal our very first project this week. And um, it's very exciting. And we, our very first child that we're helping, 
He is five years old. His name's Owen, and he has brain cancer. And he takes oral chemo twice a day. And he also is uh, highly autistic and sensory. So not only are we trying to create a room for him to heal, you know, to feel good in, but we had to meet with um, his therapist and learn about the requirements for autism and sensory. So we will have um, message centers in the, around the room that are autistic symbols that he can show how he's feeling. And we have a lot of color and light and movement areas for him because those are stimulants for him that are in a positive way. And he did not have his own room. So we're actually building a modified room in this play space for him. So he actually has his own room for the first time. And he has a nine-year-old sister, Briley, and we are also, Kathy is my fellow partner in crime um, for savvy giving and, and work. And she is doing the sister's room because they both, they both need a room to heal. The whole family is affected by this and they're a beautiful family. And we wanted them both to feel special. Well, uh, Revolution sure does love Owen. And, and uh, I know Savvy, um, y'all do videos most of the time on, on, on the project. So I know personally, I, I really, I can't wait to, uh, can't wait to see the, the room transformation for both, uh, for both the brother and the sister. And, and, and I can't wait to see the, the whole family's reaction. Um, for, for the listener who, who, who isn't involved in Savvy, um, could you give them maybe a little bit of advice on, on how to get involved or, or, or see a little bit more information? Sure. There is the main website, Savvy Giving by Design. And if you go to Savvy Giving by Design, it will link you to all the chapters and all the stories of the different families that have been helped. So you could use that website to find a chapter near you. Uh, donations are always welcome. You can choose to donate to Savvy Giving as a whole or to individual chapters because we donate the designers of these chapters. We all donate our time and our product. We, we don't, the families um, have no expense in any way when we give them a room to heal. So everything is donation. That's, that's Jessica. That's absolutely, that's absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope the listener can, can go to the website and check it out and, and see what, you know, you and Susan and, and many other designers around the country are doing. Uh, the Alice, the true house, she, she does it in San Diego, correct? You're a part of it. I know. I think Alice helped Susan on a project. Okay. I remember a boys' room. I think it was a neat experience um, because Susan asked other designers to work with her on a project. Mm -hmm. And I remember Alice's room. It was beautiful. She did a great job. No, that's it's absolutely amazing. And um, I hope the hope the listener can can follow along. Uh, they have an Instagram. They have a Facebook, uh, and of course on their on their website. Um, so yeah. So Jessica, you know, with this show, we're we're trying to you know kind of get spread spread uh your story other designer stories furniture manufacturer stories on on how they got started in this this crazy uh furniture fabric uh design business um if you had any advice for someone starting their own design business uh, what what advice would you give them or what advice when you started uh wish wish you could have had i guess you know my best advice 
and I learned this from my mom, is um, just because you have the design eye doesn't mean you're ready to be a designer. And in some states, you can only call yourself a decorator, but meaning if you don't, if you're listening and you're a designer and you haven't gone to school and gotten your um, NCDIQ or all that good stuff, take, it is your responsibility to educate, your, educate yourself the design eye is amazing to have, but you also have a responsibility to educate yourself. And that that is a great part of the learning curve. So with, with educating yourself, uh, how would, would you give like one or two tips of advice? Uh, I'm sure there's articles and, you know, we've, we've written some blogs about, you know, how, how to start your interior design career. But would you, would you recommend a, a mentor, um, would you recommend, uh, yeah, w where would you recommend maybe getting a little bit of more information on, on maybe how, how to start this career? Well, I do think it's okay, no matter what your age, to um, try to become a design assistant um, to help you. I actually worked for a design firm, and that, that bit of education really helped me a lot. I learned different ways to price things, um, the way large firm, you know, a firm does their their business model, and that was that was a great education. And um, I also literally just asked questions and Googled. I did an online course because I felt the responsibility to learn codes and and different rules. And you know, I've actually seen people come in and just assume they can move a wall, and you can't. You you got to you got to ask questions and find out and make sure you're making the right decisions because people are trusting you when you walk in the door. So online courses, mentors are great. Um, see if you can work for somebody, um, even as an assistant for a little while. You can't assume you're up to speed on everything right out of the gate. We all have to learn things the hard way. I have had many times I've had to do that but I'm grateful that I had people to reach out to and, and I, that I also took the time to re research things. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Starting Designer, a podcast for your first year of interior design. Please make sure to reach out to our guests and thank them for their advice. I want to thank our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics, and please make sure to follow and subscribe on your preferred podcasting channel. As always, I'm your host, Anderson Gibbons, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go crush your design business.